I see. I, uh, I see something. Yeah. I see. There we I see you guys. Why do you not have my video? Oh, there's my video. There's video. Okay. Welcome to another edition of Top of the Table. I'm Brian Bentley, joined by, from left to right, from those of you joining us uh, online, Hank Alexander in Boston. Hi. Mark Via, coming to us from LA, there in the center. And hi, everybody. And from Superman's frozen uh, ice castle, we have there on the right the frozen Zach Woosley. I'm not fit for video, man. It's been a long 24 hours for me. I'm a little tired. <laughs> His own fortress of solitude. That's fortress of solitude. That's right. Were you out uh, partying with Schooneman? No, I went. Oh, okay, I, I know this has nothing to do with soccer, but essentially, I drove to Houston yesterday for the Radiohead show, and then drove home. So I got home about 3:30 in the morning, and then wow. slept for a few hours, and then got up, slept for a few. It's very exciting. I'm sure everyone wants to hear about it. I heard your girlfriend was moving up here. She is. She moves up at the end of the month. Okay. So you went to enjoy the show with her. She couldn't make it because she has a trial on Monday, so she was in trial prep. Oh, so, oh, wait, she's a lawyer. I thought maybe she was a criminal. She yeah. is such the Ronnie. I didn't know that. Check it out. Nice wire reference. <laughs> uh, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, as you know, Hank is now part of the show. Mark is the um, Achilles heel of the show. I mean... I, I'm on my way out. He is the anchor. Put it that way. Mark is Mark is not going anywhere. Mark is staying here. Hank is the Ted. I am the Bentley. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I see what you did. Does that mean I have to talk and double talk like the Ted Ted? And <laughs> certainly, certainly. And then whenever you edit, leave all your f bombs in there. Uh, Chris Chris couldn't join us this week. He had a prior engagement. Sarah is over in the UK. Uh, she's being uh, she's running a mule sting. Carrying carrying cell phones and a camera over to the UK for her company. Uh, yeah, gotcha. I figured I figured she was selling chip bag prophylactics. Right. Again. Yeah, it's going to end up being like Manchester Express. I'm pretty sure. That would be the, the cock flavored chips. Right. Who will be pressing themselves against the crisps. glass in the uh, right. meeting room? Exactly. They're called crisps in England, aren't they? And those are chicken flavored chips for those of you. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Uh, chicken flavored. Thank you, everybody. For- now, hey, okay, is it just the fact that his melon is massive? Or just the fact that he just shaved and it was really white, that Michael Bradley's dome seemed so freaking huge. I think he had a nice little thing of turtle wax working, to be honest. I mean, it had a very high sheen. I mean, I have never seen a more pinky slash mega mind look in my life. <laughs> that guy's noggin just looked massive. Pinky in the brain for this. You're not following along with Mark's references. Uh, so you want to start with the uh, U.S.-Italy game? Let's. The Dems. I just had to get it out there before I forgot yeah, about I, it. Well, if, if, you, if you're talking U.S. Italy, why am I here? You that's, guys can Yeah, that was that. exactly the. Uh, All right, uh, okay. Let's let's get hungover Zach off the air. Show rundown. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the U.S. Italy game, so I clearly can't add much to that's it. That's okay. Okay, Zach. Let's talk about your uh, your game we have, results. We have, hey, you asked me to come on the show. I <laughs> got it. Zach uh, is the. Uh, are you the editor of Dynamo Theory or? or? Yeah, so I'm the managing editor of Managing editor of Dynamo Theory. Dynamo Theory.com. Managing editor, sole proprietor. Zach is Dynamo Theory. I do have a couple of assistants, but yes, I am the core of the site. And he's also uh, managing editor of World Soccer Reader. Yep. And he's also an, art, an ardent Dynamo, Dynamo supporter. Uh, and this week, we're going to give Zach credit. Zach broke the story of a uh, supporters group suspension that has been handed down. Really? Yes. Oh right, I saw that. Yeah, the the, the, uh, the what do you call you guys? The Houston one eighty two, whatever you are. What do you call yourselves? 
Orange Monkeys. One eighty-two. Uh, if you're talking about supporters groups, well, what happened is essentially due to actions at three games last year, the Eastern Conference Final, the trip to Frisco to play FC Dallas, right. and the MLS Cup. Uh, smoke bombs were set off. Uh, some was thrown on the field. There was a lot of stuff thrown on the field. MLS Cup, which was completely out of control, and because of this, MLS came down with a group-wide sanction against all the supporters groups of the Dynamo, saying that for the next foreseeable future, at least the next eight games, they cannot take anything on the road with them, meaning signs, banners, confetti, anything like that. Oh. The angst involved here is the from Texan Army. Uh, That's what it is. Texan that, Army that feels that MLS went out, figured out the culprits involved, banned them in some cases for half a season to full season from the new stadium, and then came down on all the supporters groups. And what they said in their very poorly constructed public statement was that they felt like this was wrong. And while they have a point to that, the problem is is they try to make themselves sound like the victim, and that's where I kind of break with the situation of how I view it, because it's really not a victim situation. It's a fact of that they need to react better to this. That this is like a learning opportunity, a chance to say, okay, yeah, mistakes were made. Let's learn from it. Let's move on. Instead, I think they're trying to somehow turn this into a victimization situation, which isn't anything that's going to be beneficial in the long term. Well, you know, it's funny because the night of MLS Cup, towards the end of the game, miraculously, I was able to tweet again at Home Depot Center, and I sent out a tweet about how horrible the traveling Dynamo supporters were, chucking stuff at the players and the refs. Right. And the smoke bombs. A few minutes after the game ends, I get a bunch of reply from Dynamo fans saying, well, I'd be doing the same thing. We got robbed. What a, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd be pissed. Blah, blah, blah. I'd be throwing stuff too. And these are rather prominent TA members. So that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, well, in the, so, heat, in the heat, not to defend their, that they said, but in the heat of, heat of the moment, we sometimes think or look at a situation in the wrong way. And at that point, yeah, I mean, I can understand. I'm not justifying it, but I can understand, Mel, maybe they, you're upset at the moment of the loss. But you've got to be able to control yourself better. And while it wasn't the group as a whole, it was you know a smaller group of people, a minority that involved that, what I think MLS is attempting to do in this situation is to sort of send a message of that you need to police yourself. You need to... You know, control your group. You need to control your section as a supporters group, as a group of supporters groups, and that's what didn't happen. There wasn't that kind of that kind of policing. And look, this isn't the first time that Dynamo supporters have raised a ruckus at away games. I mean, had they they stole fire extinguishers out of RFK Stadium and set them off at the 2007 MLS Cup after they won. So it's not like there isn't a history here, but the fact that the matter is, is Texan Army has a point. And that they cooperated, they did everything the team wanted to do, they did everything they could to help the situation, to deal with it. The other groups, uh, according to them, were not as forthcoming and helpful. And then MLS comes down and cracks down on everybody. And does it set a bad precedent? Potentially. But you know what, I think if you handle this right and you say, all right, fair enough, we don't like it. You know, it's disappointing, but we're going to deal with it. We're going to learn from it. And, you know, more importantly, the TA continues to take a lead on this. Then I think they emerge as the strongest supporters group. And if the other groups don't get involved in the charter, don't get involved in working with the league, don't do the things that need to happen to be able to move the situation forward, then they'll be dealt with. And instead, and, and it won't be a group thing. But for now, it's everybody. It says, "All right, everybody's under the knife. Everybody's under the watch, watchful eye of what's going on. Let's see where it goes from here." And I, and I think if you set it that way, you can turn this into a potential positive for the group. But I don't know if that's what they want to do at this point. 
Well, well I, I, the day that this all came down, there were, I saw a bunch of tweets from supporters. And in fact, I saw one from you mentioning that MLS themselves were using smoke bombs footage in their commercials. Right. And my point was, okay, great, but they weren't on the field. And they also yeah. were an actual smoke bomb. Most of the stuff was Sons of Ben, and they have approved smoke pots that they are allowed to use at PPL Park. Exactly. Which is, which is something that they've worked out with their team and the stadium to be able to do. And that's fine. I mean, if the Dynamo fans work out a deal with the Dynamo in the new stadium that says you can do X, X, and X, that's fine. But if you go on the road, you've got to respect that. And look, they can say, well, look look after Carlo Cosley scored. There was Kansas City fans on national TV shooting in the bird. You know what? That doesn't so what it happens but it's not your problem it's not your thing to deal with just worry about yourself and the problem the biggest thing i have with this is that i understand some of their points but trying to play themselves as the victim is not the way to go around this because i'll oh, go ahead didn't someone try and play the racism card as well there was a little bit of that and i never really saw much develop from it and to be quite honest, if you're going to be playing the racism card in this, then you're missing the point completely. They're not picking on you because you have a higher group number of Hispanics in your fan base. They're picking on you because you are breaking rules. You are breaking the code of conduct that MLS has established. And that's why you're being punished. And yes, not everyone in the group committed these quote offenses, but you know what? You've got to police. And, and the MLS is starting to say, look, we're, these groups have to police themselves. And there's plenty of big groups that do police themselves. You know, last I checked, the Timbers Army managed to fill a whole side of the stadium, and they don't really have any major problems. Seattle supporters managed to fill a side of the stadium, and they don't have things going on. So look, this can be accomplished. It's just a question of do you want to put forth the effort and the leadership required to make it happen? And that's what they have to do. You've got to step up let the other groups that don't want to step up let them dig their own grave take care of your own business and that's the key for me it's a, a very important point that you're making because you know there are a lot of supporters groups especially here in foxborough we have a number of uh we have a couple of supporters groups that share the same space we all sit in the same space and it's very difficult to govern each other um, we're very friendly with each other and our, you know, the Midnight Riders and the New England Rebellion, and there's even a Rev Army, very small contingent left over from the Rev Army. It's it's really challenging to, you know, there was a big thing last year in Foxborough, everybody knows about Fort Gate, whatever you want to call it. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, but it was basically a, a, a kind of a, maybe a sting operation, who knows what it was, but it, it was a planned kind of maneuver against the supporters groups because they were constantly swearing a lot of profanity and the ownership and, and the uh, front office didn't like it. So they went off on it. But, you know, I've sat in the fort many times, even after Fortgate, and these guys know what the front office likes and what they don't like. And yet they sing the same stupid songs with the same stupid profanity, just asking to be thrown out again, time and time again, even though the, the leadership of the supporters groups have said, you cannot sing these songs, or you cannot say these words. Yet you see the same guys doing it time and time again. They know better. They don't care. And it's that kind of uh, attitude that's You'll, you'll find that in every supporters group, I think. There'll be a few guys in every supporters group that's going to, you know, borrow a bad, bad cliche. Few well, yeah. rotten apples spoil the whole barrel. Right. Well, you know, for the for the record, last year after the final, I got punched in the head trying to stop some AC. But that's because you're Mark Villa. 
Well, yeah, but you know, a couple of drunk asshat ACB members were trying to uh, mix it up with some uh, Dynamo fans who got kicked out early. I assume they're the ones who threw the smoke bombs. I don't know. But I was walking like, hey, guys, thanks for making the trip. Sorry, I don't work out better. I was being really nice, cordial with the guys, talking to them about the bus ride. And uh, some ACB members strolled out, drunk, cholos, you know, just wanted to start a fight. There are asshats in every group. Right. And what, what these groups have to learn is that if you're going to be able to get the <laughs> – get the exemptions that you want to be able to do things like in some places smoke or the banners and the flags and the confetti and all the other things that you want to be able to do it's a give and take you've got to go within the boundaries of mls and with the boundaries of your club and the stadium you're in and if you can do that you can be successful and if that means that if you got a few knuckleheads in your group that don't want to listen and you have to get stadium security involved and you've got to get them kicked out then you know what that's a step you may have to take it's a question of What's it, it's the benefit of the group and the consensus situation over the you know the, the the needs of of the few essentially, and look, I'm I don't I am not a proponent of of, of being anti language and anti pushing the envelope a little bit, but you know what? In the end, you've got to find a middle ground, and if the club doesn't want it, then you've got to adjust. And there's a lot worse things in the world than you know not adjusting, like not being allowed in the stadium at all, like losing your supporter section. Like those potential things that could happen. And the club doesn't want that to happen. There's this misconception sometimes that MLS and the clubs want to exterminate this type of supporters culture. Look, they don't. They just need these groups to work within the boundaries that they have set for safety reasons, for whatever reasons the club have. They have the right to do it. I mean, it, the NFL teams can do what they want to do with fans. You know, NBA team. it's all – that's part of being a growing and developing league is you've got to play within the rules. And I know that part of the appeal of soccer is sort of its outside nature, the rebellious nature of it, sort of the punk culture. But you can still be that. You can still accomplish those things but still do it in such a way that it works within the system and everybody's happy and you can make noise. And look, that you know, it sucks that it's had to happen, but for the key for the Dynamo supporters is just try to make a positive about it. Learn from it and build from there. It's not the end of the world. You can still bring your stuff in for the hope for the home game when the stadium opens in May. So, I mean, just make the best of it and move on. But I, it just doesn't seem like that's something that they're necessarily ready to do. And if they are, they've kind of gone about it the wrong way. And it's just publicly their statement puts it in a bad light, I think. And I think you raised some very good points, Zach, about the MLS using the smoke in the commercials. Uh, I don't think it's common knowledge for the everyday fan to know that um, Sons of Ben has a smoke pot agreement with the team in the stadium um, and it, or to know exactly what's going on. But they may remember watching the final last year. Oh, yeah, there, there was you know smoke bombs everywhere and stuff like that. Um, so there is... I don't want to call it a, a double-edged sword, but there are some. Well, if you're if the MLS is going to use it to advertise, then there's got to be definite rules. But I understand what you're saying is it's okay, the whole it it the punk attitude um, of being rebellious and being in there and doing your thing for your team. But you have to realize you're in a controlled. You have to walk into this arena in this controlled environment. It's you're not at a sports bar. You're not at your house. You're not outside. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. and and I think a lot of supporters groups too could learn from the simple kind of idea that see how much you can accomplish, how much noise you can make with your hands and with your mouth, and then build from there. Because if you can't if you can't raise enough ruckus in a positive way with just what you have on you, 
then what's the point of all the other stuff? And it's just making up for the fact that you just aren't doing a good enough job. Look, part of what makes some of the best supporters in the groups in the league both intimidating and interesting is the fact of the songs, the organized chants, the, 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 the little things that they do. The flags are neat. The banners are cool. The TFOs are, are, are great additions. But you can still be very effective and build from that. And look, smoke is kind of cool. It looks kind of cool. It's neat to see, but there's a level of, of of safety to it as well. And look, you've got to deal with your your individual situation. And the sooner these groups learn that, and you can tell the groups that have learned this, that have gotten good at dealing with their teams, are growing and becoming more successful. The ones that haven't are the ones having problems. And the sooner that the more groups learn the balance and are willing to accept the fact that the league and the teams are not trying to punish them, they're just trying to have them work within the rules, the more successful everyone's going to be. Well, the point I was trying to make, and one of my blanket tweets to Dynamo fans that, you know, was at the league's premier event, <clears throat> it's, it's the most widely publicized national broadcast, your members repeatedly threw smoke bombs onto the pitch. Right. Now, people like Jim Rome see that, people like Rush Limbaugh see that, and that just knocks they, us down a few pegs. They think soccer hooligans, right? Off right the yeah. Bat. And that's all anyone's going to think or talk about in those circles. And although those circles may not affect us directly, it does affect the way the sport grows in this country. Oh, let's not let's not talk about the rednecks that jump out in the middle of the, uh, a uh, baseball game and attack the third base coach or something right. stupid along those lines. Well, I was, yeah, I was but, even going to say isolated incidents like you know when Beckham was having the trouble with the uh, ACB people when he came back from AC Milan, right. or even when the fan in Kansas City stood and heckled him on the sideline. As he was making a throw-in while wearing an England shirt, um, yeah, that to the ordinary fan that, or the, even the person that doesn't follow soccer that sees it on Sports Center says, "Oh well, okay, that's why soccer sucks." Yeah, yeah, it's an easy yeah. target, and we saw it in Houston too. When when this story broke, the a local news channel discussed it, and the Houston Press, which is like a free the free newspaper essentially, they threw out the word hooligan, and that that's that that's just an example of that. That's the easy catch word that's going to show up when anything happens, be it actual violence, be a minor incident. The hooligan is the word that gets tossed around, and soccer becomes an easy target for people that just don't like soccer, just don't have anything else to say about it, so that's what they're going to go after. And the, we have to remember as soccer fans that part of our job is supporting the sport, is giving the sport a good name. And yeah, look, it sucks that we have to do that. It sucks that we have to fight against these preconceived notions about what the sport is. But you know, Especially we, when half of our members are dying to live that preconceived notion. Well, that, yes, that's what you're fighting against, too, is, is is a lot of the troubles for some of these supporters groups. And I'm sure that Houston deals with it and other places deal with it. You get people that show up, aren't necessarily part of the group, come to the game, and they think that's what it's about. They want to cause trouble. They want to get mm -hmm. in the middle of something. And that's a constant battle that you're going to be fighting. But that's why it's important to have a good relationship with your front office, with your security, with the people in your section, because that kind of stuff has to be identified and cut off. And if it's done properly, then, you know, the authorities will know that that's not your group, that's an outside element will be dealt with but it's there's there's no perfect answer there's no easy way to fix it and it's not something that's going to go away but the more aware we are of it and the more we work towards making sure that we are you know doing doing the right things as groups then it makes those incidents where things aren't going the right way where it's an aberration it's more obvious and easier to deal with well and you look at the new uh nbc sports commercial for the mls what's the what's the soundtrack <laughs> it's the timbers army singing the national anthem from opening game of Portland. Right. 
So right, I mean, it just shows how you know much they rely on various supporters groups to you know kind of bring that fan appreciation aspect into the game. But at some same time, they want the whole thing. They they want it clean. They want it patriotic. They want wrapped up in a little bow. You know, maybe we need a little bit more cooperation from the front office people to uh, to make it a reality. And it is, and it is a learning process. I mean, as the sport continues to grow and, and these uh, fan as supporters groups continue to pop up, I mean, I, I know what I, I totally agree with what Zach is saying is make sure that you're in communication with your team. And even Zach even mentioned with security with the stadium, let people know what's going on. Look, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have. And there is a give and take element too. That the teams need to provide consistent, well trained, and properly, uh, you know, tr- properly trained security people for the sections. They don't need to just go hire rent-a-cops and tell them to go watch these guys. They need to be people that are there consistently, that know the groups, that know what they're doing, that they that are familiar enough to where the group can say, "Yeah, we know who they are. They know who we are," and that kind of thing makes it easier. You can't just throw random Joe Schmo security guy out there because that's when problems occur. So that's you know that's where the, the league and the teams need to do a better job of, of, of helping the groups police themselves by giving them the proper tools to do their job to where they're not having to fight against security every week. Because if it's a different person every week or a different situation every week, then that's when inconsistency, inconsistency breaks in. That's where miscommunication breaks out. So yes, the supporters groups have to do a better job of doing their side of it, but the teams in the league have to do their part too to make it to where they can create an environment where both sides can work together and make it a positive situation. And then, like I said, the, the, neg- the aberrations will become much easier to identify and deal with. I think, that, I think you said it all there. That's uh, that's Zach Woosley, the managing editor of the Dynamo Theory. Uh, it's not a podcast, right? It's just a website. Just a website, dynamotheory.com. Dynamo also the managing editor of World Soccer Reader. You can follow him on Twitter at GingeFC, also w- at WSReader. And we'll make sure to get those plugs out uh, with the recap and on the podcast. Zach, thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks, do, we, do we miss any plugs? Everything there is good? Every, perfect. Everything was great. I appreciate it, sir. How's you, so, you still doing? Ginge is losing his mind. Whatever. Yeah. Every every once in a while, it shows up on my on my Twitter feed. If you follow me on Twitter or on my uh, on the website gingetalksofooty.com, it'll show up there as well. Really, really like that show. That's a good one. And, we'll, we'll make, and then whenever I put, whenever I post this, I'll make sure we'll put uh, Ginge Talks of Footy on there as well. Appreciate Jack, it, guys. Thank you again for your time. Why doesn't Wilco ever tweet at me? <laughs> He's very busy. It's it's very Wilco. hard life being the Wilco. Okay. Bye. Have a good show, Thanks, guys. Zach. Bye. Thanks, Zach. Thank you very much, Zach. You're welcome. That was Zach Woosley, my my good friend. The, the Black Cloud. That's right. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Zach, uh, he has a nickname being the Black Cloud for, for when they were, the American Soccer Show. He would just it's a shame we couldn't get him to talk a little bit about American Soccer with us. I think because uh, he does have a somewhat realistic perspective that a lot of U.S. fans lack. <laughs> well, and I spoke to him before the show, and I and I asked him if he was still up for coming on. Knowing he drove back, he's like, "I said, we'll put you on first thing. We'll make sure get you out." He's like, "Okay, I'm kind of tired." Yeah, because when we had started with the U.S. Italy, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna lose Zach. He'll pass out." Yeah. Um, so, sure. so good, uh, a good chat there with Zach. If you're just now joining us, top of the table, Brian Bentley, Mark Avia, there on the right, live from L.A., Hank Alexander there on your left from Boston. I didn't put him on the wrong coast. Skype did, so there we go. Um, we want to talk about 
Andre Villas Boas already out at Chelsea after a 19, 19, 11, and 10 record. Yeah. Yeah. What, 19, what was the total? 19, 19 what? 19, 11, 19, and 10. 11, and 10. After, How after, did he ever win 19? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a, well, it's an amazing, and the, and it's a sad state of affairs at Chelsea, I think. And the one loss that... Yeah, but the here's the thing, they're still, in Ch- they're still in Europe. Yeah. Well, probably not for long. And they were, they're fifth place. They're fifth. Right. I mean, uh, what does the ownership want? First. Yeah, Zero but with. what's wrong? They're still in Europe. The first two place teams aren't. Mark, who'd they lose to yesterday? Oh, yeah, that's true. In, that Inferno, 30 over, uh, Inferno FC over 30 co-ed. That's, <laughs> that's an old joke from another show, sorry. They lost to West Brom yesterday. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, true. It's that's that's the kind of losses that are inexcusable for this this guy. I mean, you can lose against Man City, you can lose against Man United, Arsenal. Even is excusable to a point. I mean, you scored three goals, you let in five, whatever. It's it's um, uh, when you lose against West Brom, that's another scenario. And I think with Abramovich, I mean, he really changed around the fortunes of this club. It wasn't a really award-winning club until Abramovich and Mourinho came in and turned everything around, right? I mean, Well, yeah, they bought the championships. They did. They did. They were the there's, New York There's Yankees, no way around that. They bought their titles. There's no way around that. Absolutely. And, you know, they went out and they spent a ton of money. Um, when, and they've really had just a poor run of managers since Mourinho left. That's, it, that would be can, seven since Mourinho left. Seven. Seven. Can we name them all? No, I got five. Avram Grant. Five. Seven. Five in the five years. Seven. Avram Grant, uh, Carlo Ancelotti. We got um, Andreas Villas Boas. Uh, Ranieri was he there? No. Who's the other guy? Was it Ranieri? Alan Shearer, I think, came back for a bit. Alan, Alan no, Shearer. You, you, you had you had those three. <laughs> you had Ancelotti. You had Boas. You had um, the guy who looks. Uh, oh, uh, Hiddink. Was Hiddink yeah, there? Yeah, the Goose was there. And the guy who looks like my junk. Um, what's it? <laughs> well, I, can't think of it. What? I can't think of his name. I'm pretty sure the stat that I read said... He's the guy from uh, from South America, right? What was his name? She's... Um, anyway. But it was... Yeah, it was five. I, plus, okay. Well, I, I read interim. a stat that said seven. I think it's counting the two interims. The two so, interims, correct. Okay. Um, so with uh, Jose Mourinho saying that he's coming back to England next year, does he... Re- Turn to Chelsea? I wouldn't. He's already done it there. Why? Who knows? I mean, that's a. I don't know if I would do that if I was him. But I think the fans want him, right? For one thing, um, and I think the ownership. I don't know if Abramovich has got the the cojones to suck it up and admit when he's wrong, you know, and and say, "Hey, sorry, I really want you back." I don't. I don't, know. I don't know. No, he doesn't. He'll just sell another baby giraffe and go after somebody else more expensive. There you go. Yeah, you know, that's 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 what he does. Well, I feel I feel bad for the supporters. I think it's laughable. I think it's ridiculous um, to sack a manager like that. But you know, uh, the reaction is, "Oh God, we're in the toilet." No, you're in fifth place. You're still in Europe. But you know, I mean, the- United lost. United lost. Who'd we lose to? It was our first loss of the season that was ridiculous. Uh, I don't even remember. Let's just say West Brom because that's the answer for everything. 
it happens. I mean, uh, two weeks ago, Arsenal was in the toilet. Their future was done. They were over because they lost to Milan in Milan. And they came back to the league and lost in the league. <coughs> now they're on fire. They're gonna win the. They're gonna win the league. They're gonna win Europe. And well, they're not they're, gonna they're, win. The league. They're gonna be reincarnated as Christ. Wenger's the man. Thing is, they're gonna lose to Milan again in what this week or next week. They're gonna come back and lose in the league again, and it's gonna be up and down again. You know, oh God, fire Wenger. I, it, you know, let it roll, man. Let it roll. Well, let's let's uh, let's stick over there in Europe and with Arsenal. Let's talk about uh, current run of form of Robin Van Persie and the Deuce Clint Dempsey, uh, and how hey amazing that they have been lately. Fuego, both of them on Fuego. You got to love it. It's uh, yeah. Deuce comes off uh, playing Wednesday night in Italy, comes back and, and nets two for his his team today, and barn burner against Wolverhampton. And you know you expect Fulham to win, right? It's Wolves. Duh. It is Wolves. <laughs> but the, yeah. the, the, the two goals that that RVP had yesterday um, yep. were just incredible, and and but they were made possible by just phenomenal service to him. First goal uh, on a great header uh, from Sana. The second goal, just a lob right over the back of the defense on a run. He puts it in left footed, never even touches the ground. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal effort by him, and I, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Van Persie's going anywhere. Obviously, but um, does this run of form now equate to a, a big move for Deuce? Well, it has to. I mean, unless unless but by the, some miracle they get they get up to fifth spot, somehow qualify for um, Champions League next year. But that, but but then again, it comes in. Where is he going to go that's going to give him the playing time? It's a good point. I mean, I think Arsenal is probably the closest closest spot. I'm not sure Wenger will give that that slot to him. They could use him, that's for sure. Um, when you look at who they've got in their team as for, you know, attacking out of the midfield, really Ooh. not a lot. Theo Walcott. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, but you know they got Arteta. I think I think. Uh, Old me. Sorry. Let's not go with mail yet. We're not talking MLS. Uh, but we've got you got uh, what's his name Arteta. I think uh, Dempsey would suit up well with Arteta in the midfield. I think that would be a good combination for them. Yeah, I think it would. But again, I, I think you're right that Wenger's not going to give him that shot. I, I think you know I think Wenger's at a point in his career where if he does stay for next season. He still feels he needs to prove himself to be the mastermind. And I don't think bringing Dempsey as much as it would be a master stroke is what he considers a master stroke. Who knows? I mean, it's um, see, so Arsenal right now sitting pretty in fourth, Fulham at eighth. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fulham now at eighth, right. but a good healthy thirteen points behind Arsenal, um, and. Uh, Still eight points behind uh, Newcastle and Newcastle, six, yeah. and so I mean they're they're still a far cry from an automatic qualification for Europa. Um, how many games left? Ten, something like that. Close, uh, close to ten. Yeah, yeah, ten games. Thirty points left. Yeah, so they can make a run. Who knows? Who knows? But I, I, I really don't see Fulham necessarily qualifying outright. They may need some help. 
from somebody that gets an automatic qualification for something or other by winning a tournament or right. You know the the FA Cup or whatever. It, it's, that's over. Yeah, didn't right? they get the they got the the Europa spot last season for sportsmanship or something like that? There's an odd qualifying spot they received, right? Yep. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, who knows how it'll all work out for them? Uh, but yeah, for Deuce, the next step obviously is the next next step. He's got to go up to another team. Maybe he gets sold to another league. And, uh, you know, because he's always talked about playing in Spain. Um, I don't know if his, his style of play is suited to Spain. I can see him doing really well in Italy. Um, yeah, that, that's what I think, because if he goes to Spain, are Barca or Real going to take him? I don't see that happening. I don't see that Real plausible to me. So then he's sitting in a team that has no shot of a title. What good is that for his career? Right. Not a lot. Not really any good. But yeah, I mean, the same old boat. He needs to play bigger soccer. Well, he plays Madrid and Barca twice a year. That's pretty big, but nothing else. I agree. Uh, let's uh, let's stay with Deuce and Italy and talk about the U.S. Italy game this week. It's a great game. Great game. Very I mean, good game. I love you know, the new shirt. Hey, everybody loves a new shirt now, right? We beat Italy in exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> bring on the Santorum. Long may it rain. The sweater vest. We love it. Um, I think uh, from my perspective, I mean, a lot of, I thought the game was really, I th- there were two key aspects to that game. One is Italy cannot stay onside. Um, and the other key, key aspect, which I think is maybe, I haven't, heard too much chatter about it but how huge was tim howard he had a number of good saves that kept these guys in the game and uh if he went he hadn't been on form that night you know we're looking at a drastically different scoreline yeah our back line got uh we got picked apart by was it sinovic sinovic what's the little midget's name yeah it's i want to say uh it, well, it's a little bit more Italian than Sinovich. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it, ends, it ends in an IC. Sinovicchio? Yeah, something like that. It, it was something. But, I mean, that guy, amazing speed. Yeah. And he, he got behind his little... our line a few times, and we got lucky in a couple of those offside calls. He, he was definitely, uh, you know, he had those little short legs of his. He's covering a lot of ground, a lot like Messi would. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, we got a lot of breaks on that offside. The f- offside flag went up a lot. I mean, th- 13 times or something insane. Does anybody have that number? It I was, don't. it was, um, it was crazy. It was crazy. How many times I went up? I'm going to see if I can pull it up, but, uh, you know, great play though. I thought from, from, uh, the midfield, um, I thought Moe do had a great game. But we do had a great game. He was he was where he needed to be exactly when he needed to be there. Yeah, I mean, he's looking he really was, strong. He was just all over at the midfield. I was really happy to see that. Yeah. And you know, Deuce was doing well attacking and, and Josie with that huge play. I mean, just to hold the ball up and lay it off at the right time. And you know, that's a classic Dempsey finish there because he doesn't always go for power and, and finesse, but he just, you know. Got the right angle on that and stuck it in the corner. You got you got to admire um, 
you know, the presence of mind to to pull off that shot from Deuce, but also the presence of mind to lay it off from Josie. Yeah. I thought I thought uh I thought the unicorn did a fairly decent job. I you know. <laughs> yeah, he did okay. He did okay. He, he wasn't standout, he wasn't spectacular, but he had to, I think I thought he held his own. You know, I what concerned me was the amount of times our back line got beaten. Yeah, I mean that was I'm gonna find that stat. That was just insane. It was insane, wasn't it? It was um Guys in the chat room, you guys have nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us? It's, uh, oh, crap. Where is it? U.S. soccer. Italy. Relive the glory. How, lo- how long till the DVD of the Italy-USA game comes out? <laughs> Instant classic on ESPN. Classic. Instant classic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there you go. Um, U.S. women six to nothing over uh, Cuba. Huh. U twenties, wow. unbelievable. Um, I uh, I thought Alexi Lalas had an interesting uh, commentary on the U.S. Italy game. Is that uh, the team was great defensively, uh, great with set pieces, but this was not a new style. I agree with that assumption, or uh, uh, not assumption, with that assessment. Your thoughts? How new of a style can we really get at this point with a team that's out there? I agree. I mean, it, it is what it is. But I, but I think that's the thing that every, everyone has been pushing is that Klinsman's bringing this new style in. And that seems to be the big selling point and the big hype point. And I think um, I think the point uh, Lawless was trying to make was, well, it's not new yet. It's the same style that was there, and it won. Yeah. Right. And everybody, he, you know, he got a little backlash for that. And it will win time to time, and it will lose time to time, and it will draw time to time. Right. I mean... But that's with, the nature of the game. That's the nature of the game. That's the nature of the squad that we have and the way they play. It hasn't been changed up that drastically in the last eight years. It just hasn't been. No, it's... You know, it's... it's um, strong midfield has been the key for... for uh, the United States going for for the last you know few years, um, you know we've had luck with getting guys like Brian McBride and getting a lot of mileage out of those guys, but uh, you know I don't think we found that true replacement, you know up top for Brian McBride. Um, I think that's probably you know you get a guy and maybe Josie morphs into that guy. You know, we saw a little bit of it, but you need somebody up there who can take the hits, take the, and hold on to the ball, bring the midfield in, and you know, the United States—that's uh, the game right now. That's the game plan. It's working. Yeah. Well, I mean, the real the reality is, if we want to see a new style for U.S. soccer, that's going to mean twenty more years of absolute shite developing that style. That's right. all there is to it. Well, I think we're we're seeing a little bit more play out of the back and a little bit more out of the the fullbacks. Um, you know, especially Fabian Johnson, you know, the high back line was a problem for us, but how great was he coming out of left back? Is he the new left back for this team? If he keeps playing like that. If he keeps playing like that, yeah. Or until Bornstein gets bored and somehow gets a wild hair and has a, has a nice run, which I don't see happening, but I I think, I I hope we've seen the last of Bornstein. Yeah. I'm, I think we have, but you never know. Yeah. Don't mean that. Don't yes. mean that. 
negatively. I'm just, I, I think I like Fabian Johnson. Yeah. Um, he was great. Michael, and then you also Michael. have Timmy Chandler there as backup. And uh, so you, I think we're looking pretty solid on the left side. And you have Breck Shea. You know, Fabian Johnson's not there. Breck Shea's there. And, you know, or they, Landon Donovan. Landon Donovan on the right or on the left, whichever works out. You know, it's going to be great. Um, I think we're we're going to have a very easy qualification. I'm going to predict it now, um, and then uh, we'll see it, uh, how it all. You know, 2014 is a long way away. Who knows who's going to be who's going to be fit? Who's going to be around even at that time? A lot of these guys are getting on the older side. You know, does Landon turns 30 today? Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. Yeah, it's huge. Well, let's talk. Is he gonna be- let's uh, Go let's ahead. keep talking about players on this on this team. Uh, you mentioned Breck Shea quite a bit. Follow my segue here. Um, Breck uh, finished playing with uh, the U.S. team on Wednesday. Flew out to Florida. Finished with FC Dallas at the Disney Cup and was moved to forward with Blas Perez and uh, got a great result. Dallas winning one uh, nothing, finishing third there. Um, I think that might. Stick around. They tried moving. They tried him at left back last year, uh, due to injuries and stuff. At the start of the season, kind of found his way in the middle of the season. He played wherever it shows him and put him. Um, but uh, I like moving him to forward. And I want to talk about because I want to get to you guys. Uh, so how similar is that new shirt, Brian? Which new shirt? New Dallas. New shirt. Dallas shirt is very similar. It's very subtle. Did I tell only, you? The only changes are the uh, there's a different collar, and then they've uh, amplified the stripes a little bit. The road, the blue, the red blues are beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't seen yeah, it. And I and I, I, I will be getting my own jersey Thursday, uh, Wednesday at media day. So I'll let you know. Uh, also for Dallas, uh, Nick mentions here in the chat room. George John is back for FC Dallas. Yeah, I heard, saw that. Yep, from West Ham after a very unsuccessful spell seeing no first team opportunities um so he comes back into camp fit ready to go was that a uh, was that a true loan or was that a trial training what was that it was supposed to be a true loan because he, he wants to play in europe um right he doesn't want to be here i mean he, he wants to play in europe and that's been the plan he they tried to to uh um re-sign him last year and extend him and he didn't want to do it um, so, so he's the new Eddie Johnson. There you go. Talk about that. Cause I got, that's on the list. I mean, I, I... well, I don't think, you know, I think George John isn't the new Eddie Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, was this, is this guy, was it, is he, uh, is he more than, is he, does he have more hype than he has, uh, than deserved? No, Eddie Johnson and Ugo Ahimelu, no, Eddie, you sons of guns, you got me saying it now. George John and Ugo Ahimelu are very, very solid back line. One of the, one of the better back yep. lines in MLS. Um, he, don't, don't talk to me about Ugo. But, don't, uh, don't, he, he, do, no. he, he doesn't want to be here. He wants to play in Europe. Uh, understand, fine. He ended up going to, uh, over to West Ham. I just think there are too many people in front of him. He wasn't going to get any time, and so he basically got some exposure. Now he comes back, and we'll see if he try, if he tries to make another move in the uh, summer transfer window. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen there. Because can you imagine Omar Gonzalez and Ugo and Hamelu together? Hmm. Oh, you mean together on the back line? 
Damn you, Frank Yollop. Wow. Anyway, uh, I almost I think more than 45 uh, minutes without me. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the future for you know, U.S. center backs is pretty good right now. Um, yeah. Considering all these guys. But even, you know, back to the summer transfer window question for George John. I mean, uh, you never know what's going to happen in the summer transfer window. I, I think given the the best time for American players to go over, honestly, um, and it kind of stinks because, you know, they're at the end of their season uh, and MLS is over in November and then you've got uh, – maybe a month downtime before the transfer window opens up. These guys maybe not in shape, maybe not staying in shape. Um, as we, as taking we a saw vacation. Sebastian Exactly. And then uh, you get a chance to go over to Germany or England or whatever. You break your knee, you pull your hamstring. You You're just not in shape. Tear your ACL. You're not in shape, whatever it is. And uh, it takes a long while for it to impress. But to be honest, that's when these guys, that's when these teams need players. They don't need them in June. You know, they've got all summer to get their squad mm-hmm, healthy right. and get them back ready to whatever and raid the other clubs in Europe to, to get those missing pieces. Right. Um, they're not looking at MLS to, to fill those gaps yet. They're only looking at MLS, really, the peak season for MLS transfer windows is January. Um, and that's when these guys have a uh, a real good shot of making it. So if you're fit in January, and you're you know had a good run of form, you can keep that run of form going in the off season. Somehow, maybe I don't know. You play indoor with Brian Bentley, and huh. uh, you can stay. You can uh, maybe maybe get a get a shot at one of these teams. Look at you know Tim Ream. It's a good example, right? I mean, granted, uh, old Coyle loves Americans, so maybe. Uh, Maybe George Sean needs to go to Bolton or wherever he ends up next year. Owen Coyle, that is. Well, let's continue talking about uh, some curious MLS player moves. Eddie Johnson back, taken, in, taken, yeah. in the, uh, uh, taken by Montreal, immediately traded. We discussed this briefly last week. I thought it was a smart move by Trader Jesse Marsh. Trader Jesse. Uh, and then, while we're also talking of player lotteries, Lee Wen, who was drafted by Vancouver, was yep. waived on Thursday. Hi. Waived on Thursday, shortly before the deadline, and picked up Friday by your New England Revolution, Hank. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Hi. Hi. <laughs> I I don't know who that is. Uh, I don't know who this guy is. This guy uh, Jay Heaps. Right. He's like a, a kid in a candy store right now. He's he's saying, "Oh, I can get this player. I'll do it. I can get this player. I'll do it." You know, this is a completely. I interviewed Steve Nichol uh, preseason before last. Um, yeah, I guess. Was he wearing coach's bike shorts? No, not at the time, actually. Um, but he had been playing in the practice. Did he smell like Old Spice and Scotch? Cut off Sansa belts. All of the okay. above. Um, the uh, the point being is, is he had been playing right back in the scrimmage. Prior to the uh, to the you know uh, the press media time whatever it was, and so afterwards I said I noticed you're playing right back. And he said, "Don't worry, I'm not suiting up again. I'm not coming out of retirement." And I said, "Well, but you know, seriously, who's your backup right back? You've got Kevin Alston. Who is your backup right back?" Um, 
And so, oh, you know, Tierney can play over there. Darius Barnes can play over there. Zach Boggs can play over there. You know, we've, we've got cover there. It's just, and I said, well, you know, there's this kid, Cody Arnu, who's coming out in a weighted lottery on Thursday. The Reds going to go for him because, you know, he plays right back too. It's like, no, probably not. You know, we're good. We're not, we don't need to worry about that. And so, he's, just, this guy? he's just playing in practice to get cardio. Yeah, yeah, but the point being is that it's kind of a, a whole new mindset now for the revolution. These guys are in here and they're um, they're really fighting for spots now. You know, it's, there's no guaranteed spots. You've got guys like Zach Shalosky are sweating their pants right now because the Revs just appear to have signed Brett uh, Blake Brushneider. Right. You know, his guy that was thrown out out of uh, D.C. for basically being ineffective, and on his Twitter feed on Friday night. Um, Brett Schneider says, looks like New England's home for the foreseeable future. Thanks for the opportunity, pound revs. And so, there you go. Um, what does that mean for guys like Zach Boggs and Zach Shalosky? Uh, and then you've got Lee Wen coming in on top of that. Hello? This is getting kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. And I think right now the uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting... Uh, couple of days here after you know come monday we'll see that kind of press announcements are made um tomorrow wow we'll see i think i'm expecting a, a couple of roster moves this week for the revolution um, I, I have a question for and yeah. i know mark knows where i'm going and i don't want to repeat and then i and then i and then i have a question okay. so go ahead brian I, I don't want to repeat but uh there was a situation with lee win on twitter oh yeah a questionable tweet there. No, he made a perfectly normal tweet. It was just a stupid tweet to make. Right. He was talking on Twitter the way he talks to his friends, right. which is unfortunate. However, it was done. It's locker room. Too, it was locker room talk done on Twitter, right. and, and there are too many people on Twitter yeah. looking to be butthurt. Yeah. Do you th- not appropriate on that? Do you think media. that that had anything to do with being waived from Vancouver? Yes. No. <laughs> so there, I uh, <laughs> I think it does in the fact that there was an image that they maybe thought they couldn't rehab. I don't know about that. I, let's take a look at their roster real fast. Um, they're uh, who else they have? They've got a ton of people. They have a ton of people, and Lee was an expensive pickup for them in the off season. And if they can get around, they picked up uh, Sebastian Latou. Well, you don't need. Lee Wen, if you have Sebastian Latou. You don't. Period. The end. Until Latou gets hurt. Until Latou has a dry spell. Well, you know, I don't expect Latou to have a dry spell. Uh, but yeah, he kind of went through one last year when they had Carlos Ruiz playing with him in Philadelphia. But at the same time, let's, I mean, where the hell is the roster for the Whitecaps? Come on, people. Should be under. Oh, first teams. They have a special thing called first teams. Oh. It's how Canadian of them. Yeah. So without so without getting into the comment and what was said, but yeah, it was it was locker room talk done on Twitter, and, and uh, I'm I will ride the fence on this one. I I agree. If you've got Sebastian Lechou, do you needly win? But at the same time, if you're going to say that kind of stuff on Twitter and the whole world's going to see it, I, I think it had an effect. I don't think it was the sole reason. I think it deeply contributed. Perhaps. No, I think it was a factor. I don't think it was the, the deciding factor, and I don't think it was a major factor, but it was like in the back of their minds. Well, you know what? Mm. But uh, putting him on waivers, they get no compensation for him, do they? No. 
I think they get a compens- don't they get a uh, draft pick? Mm-mm. No, no, they Not waived him outright. Waived him. Well, they but they get a salary back and salary cap relief, and that's that could be a big pickup. And you know, I don't know how much he was making, but it wasn't cheap. Um, he actually held out. The, I mean, they tried to lowball him the last time he came through MLS, and uh, I don't know what he was getting this time, but I expect it was at least six figures, if not more. Um, maybe 200000 We know. Does anybody we know? Had, we had him on a couple months back right before he signed, and we couldn't get any information out of him. So No, he wouldn't admit it. But So, okay, so here's uh, the roster. If you're looking at forward slash midfielders, you had Barbara. Um, you've got Cumiento, you've got Atiba Harris, you've got Sebastian Latou, you've got Darren Maddox, you've got Omar Salgado, you've got Camilo Sanveso, and Long Tan. <laughs> That's just the awesomest name ever. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a uh, Flying Dragons movie. I love that name. So now, so now with Lee Wind of the Revs and this new um, uh, open door policy. I'll call it, yep. bringing players in. What does that do to the Revs this year? I think they finished better than Philly. I I think they're up there, to be honest. I mean, uh, they looked a little suspect in the uh, the final last night. I only made it through the first half. Um, but uh, I thought their attack up to last night, I mean, granted, it's still preseason, and I know we can't read too much into it, but I thought their attack last night was a little lackluster compared to what we saw in previous nights. And then... Uh, the, uh, but I think the uh, the defense is looking sharp. Um, it's fairly. I think it's going to be a fairly solid defense for them this year. Midfield is stronger than it's been in a long, long, long time. Um, and if we can get anything out of the forwards uh, that even resembles a level of consistency, then uh, we're going to be very strong. Uh. Mark, do you want to do you want to rub it in the uh, Desert Cup final last night? You want to nothing, nothing to rub in. Yeah, it's a, it's a pre it's a meaningless preseason tournament. Nothing to rub in. I take nothing out of preseason except hey, is everybody healthy? That's all I care about preseason. I'm glad for the baby squad that they got up. They got some hardware. That, you know, they have that that thrill of clinching something. That's great for the babies. Um, but it, it's, it's a meaningless preseason tournament. It doesn't mean anything to me. And Perk played well in the shootout. Perk played well, but you know, I mean, like I said, again, it's preseason. I take I take very little out of preseason, other than everybody's healthy. I want to go back and see the the shootout. I don't know if they have it, um, a video, or whatever. But they had, uh, I mean, you had Ryan Guy and Benny Failhopper missing their penalty kicks or having them saved. That's kind of a drag. This is after uh, but, you know, Failhopper was. Fail Hopper with his bicycle kick in the preseason. Yeah, sweet bicycle kick, I might add. But it, against LA, um, and it's it's one thing, you know. There's obviously the Revs' long history with uh, with losing to LA in finals, and uh, LA and Houston, really the two teams that we love to beat. Um, if only we could beat them in the finals. Uh, the upshot for the Revs, though, is that they had a unbelievable preseason a uh, lot of good momentum a lot of good energy coming into uh the home of uh, the first kick against san jose on saturday night it's gonna be a good time and let's face it you're in the eastern conference so you got that benefit and it's an unbalanced schedule so anything's anything's up for grab the only question i have for you hank 
do any of the Midnight Riders wear porn stashes? <laughs> there are a few. Okay. There are a few porn stashes. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Uh, I want to throw this out very quick, just as a surprise announcement. Starting next Sunday, Swap of the Table is back for two for two weeks. It's going to run next Sunday, March the 11th. It's going to start at kickoff, at kickoff of the FC Dallas-New York game, which is 2 o'clock Central Time on NBC, at kickoff. Tweet a pic of your jersey, the size, and the brand. No eBay specials. Uh, you can ship upon swap, or if it's a jersey you would like to trade or move on, you can do it. You can follow at swap of the table. Also, use hashtag pound swap of the table. Um, so there is that special announcement. I know the three of you were waiting for it. So there we go. I can tell you. Here you go. I I got a whole I got a whole box full of stuff down here. I'm still looking at something else on the. But I I can tell you I can tell you that this is going to be going up. What's this? Say Netherlands. Turkite. Oh wait, what is that? Let me find it. There it is. Fantastic. Euro 08. Turkite jersey. That's a large. It's a, where did Nick me, find it's that? It's an extra large Nike. Doesn't matter where Nick found it. I got it now. <laughs> I only, I only traded a, uh, a Houston All-Star game jersey for it. So there you go. And anybody that's looking for a uh, Lee Boyer special. Yeah. Uh, uh, question from the chat room. What is an eBay special? That is a uh, knockoff uh, or unlicensed um, jersey. We have. There's been an influx of copies or fakes from uh, the Far East. And we had a couple. We've had... Uh, we had a couple outright knockoff Target yes. official merchandise shirts right. that were traded to I, people under the guise of being legit. I was the victim of one of them. I received what was supposed to be an official Man City jersey, and when I got it, it was um, not. Something you'd buy at Target. No, it wasn't even. Well, yeah, if you buy a blank T-shirt and iron-ons at Target, yeah, that's what it was. So that's that's the deal. Um Working to get some some other people and teams and places involved, uh, but next next Sunday, two o'clock Central Time, swap the table starts. Uh, you can also join us. We have a, a, a fantasy league on MLS.com. If you enter in the code two seven seven one dash seven two four, and we'll also tweet out this information again, you can join the top of the table private league. It's MLSsoccer.com. MLS, excuse me, MLSsoccer.com. Yeah. Yes, thank you for being so excited about it. Come on in. Uh, Join the party. Code is 2771-724. We will tweet that, and it will be on the website. We'd love to see you guys there. As many people want to join, please join us. Um, Sorry, the kids are playing Connect now. Don't even worry about it. That's cool, man. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Anything you guys got over there, Hank? No, man, I'm just getting all, all sorts of fired up for uh, for first kick coming up this weekend. It's, it's yeah, going to be a good time. Very forward to very, it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good, and hopefully we'll have next week will be another one of those jam packed shows. Today was today we were lucky we had a ton of stuff to try to cover. Uh, and let's not uh, you know maybe Sarah, and maybe Sarah Sarah this thinking. week too. We got some so are we going to have a show next week since you got the game on Sunday, Brian? Uh, the game starts at two. Yeah. Are you going to be home in time? Game starts at two. It'll be over by four. Show starts. Show okay. starts at five thirty. I'm ten minutes from the uh, stadium. Okay. So, there you so go. I'm gonna. Uh, 
I'm going to try to get a lightning round. Nice. Since the Red Bull, since the Red Bulls are in town. Nice. I don't know. Uh, I, Who you gonna get? I don't know. Who you gonna get? I don't know. You gonna get? I don't know. I don't know. Who you gonna I get? Well, hey, man, we got Champions League this week. We got Concacaf Champions League this week. Mm-hmm. This will be a lot of stuff to talk about next week. And, and yes. we didn't even get a, get around to mentioning uh, Man U with a big win today. Um, uh, Over Spurs. Yes. Uh, Newcastle, Newcastle pulling out a one-one uh, tie at Sunderland uh, against a ten-man Sunderland. I don't know what the up was that, but hello. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys saw it, but earlier today I did tweet something about uh, Koscheny or Chesney or whatever. Koscheny, yeah. and the way he ran over David. He ran over David? The way he ran over to uh, Koscielna Chikovitovich or whoever it was who <laughs> scored the own goal. Kuchesny. Whoever scored the own goal, ran over, picked him up, gave him a pat on the ass, sent him back out on the field. Class move. You don't see that very often anymore, especially from a team who's been up and down like Arsenal. So I thought that was nice to see, you know, someone keeping his teammate going. You got to love a little ass pat. That's, yeah, I, yeah, I like him. Yeah. Brian knows this. I, what? Huh? Um, huh? Uh, hey. We've got uh, Sporting KC will be starting their season off in their own stadium. They won't be gone for 10 weeks. The, Dyna- <laughs> the, the uh, Dynamo's new stadium. But will the cow be back? They, that, they need to immortalize that guy, whoever that was. They need to they need to take that and embrace it, and just that be, guy gets tickets for life. Just be man. stupid, silly with it. But we like what they're doing. Um, yeah, so, Dynamo gets their new uh, Spider Stadium. Yep, the hell it is yep. with the webbing. They're on the road for seven weeks. Wow, God, how are they going to spend? How how are some Twitter people going to spend that to being the victims of MLS scheduling? And do we have any any update on RFK? It's just, I think they got like a new lease for this year or something standing. like that. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. I think that's about but it. I think Omar's slinging in three of, you know, three of the 20 tunnels. So we should be okay there. Plenty of supply. Uh, gentlemen in the chat room, anything that we've missed? Anything you'd like to add before we, uh, before we sign off this week? Well, let's get the delay going here. Yeah, Mark, you got anything before we sign off? Uh, I. Honestly, no. Because I know Hank um, wanted to talk about goal line technology. I mean, do you want to? Uh, well, I mean, just the one thing that there are a couple of things came out in an article in Boston Soccer. Do it, uh, throw it, Boston Globe. Throw it out. We're in a rush. Go for it. All right. Uh, just there are a couple of uh, technologies that are kind of on their way to being you know, approved or not approved. The real thing for me, I mean, I think goal line technology needs to be implemented specifically after you know we saw um, – I don't know if you saw the the Milan uh, Juventus game last week when the guy basically was reaching back behind the goalpost to throw the ball out, and they didn't call it a goal. It should have been a goal for uh, Milan. They should have won that game. But the point being is it's not so much when it's going to be implemented, it's how it's going to be implemented. And when when are they going to start talking about the – timing of when to call it you know who gets to initiate the call what is it the official is it the sideline official is there gonna be a guy in the booth is there gonna be uh, a challenge flag is there you know um, no, it's like hockey a big red siren and a horn that goes off well <laughs> that would be great <laughs> but in but in but, hockey but no it's fifa so it'll be a but in hockey they go in an upper echelon tier in an upper tier of the stadium with a walkie-talkie <laughs> 
and a cigarette. That's what it's going to be. But in but in hockey, there is a uh, video camera down on each goal, and it goes to NHL headquarters in Toronto, where each goal is um, a dedicated person watching every goal. Yep. Again, it's going to be a Frenchman in the upper left corner of a stadium somewhere, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> drinking a cup of coffee with a walkie-talkie and a pair of Silly Americans cannot score. No goal. Exactly. It's FIFA. <laughs> They're only going to go so far with it. But for me, I think it's uh, you know it's it's going to be an important line to draw at some point when they have to say, okay, this is strictly for goal line technology, disputed goal calls. This isn't about offsides or not offsides. This isn't about... Um, whether or not the guy kicked him intentionally or not intentionally, and no, they have to make that line cross the line. That's it. All it is. But, but with the the problem being for me, if you don't say that abundantly right up from the beginning, then people are going to start asking for these reviews, and they're going to start asking for uh, replay challenges, and then we're going to end up having six hour games uh, like we have with. Um, New England Patriots every weekend. I think I think some Houston fans might be that dumb, but not many other people. Let's hope not. Wow. Let's hope not. That's that's basically all I had to say on that. Was, I'm sorry. Some Houston fans really just chapped my hide this week on Twitter over the whole supporter group ban. Oh, well. Hey guys, um, David, I, I I have to throw this out. It's the very last last what I want to leave on. I guess last point is in the MLS fantasy league. Uh, it's a salary cap based game. I went through and set uh, my team up last night. Real genius uh, in the top of the table league. Um, Eddie Johnson is a $9 million player. What? Eddie Johnson is a $9 million player. David Beckham is $8.5 million. And David Ferreira, who was out almost all of last year, is a $10 million player. I find it questionable. I find it very questionable. They must be going off of his last stats in the MLS. I don't know. You what know they're last doing. year I signed up for, How many for goals a fantasy league. I didn't touch it once, and I ended up in the top third. <laughs> well, yeah, if, which fantasy did you do? Um, I think it was MLS. No, yeah, it was. Uh, there's one. I know now. There's a separate uh, ESPN on soccer.com or no? I think I remember where it was from, but I, it was. One of the ones, one of our other network, one of the other networks set up. Um, I think it was the it was the old it was the old. Um, oh, you're talking about through American Soccer Show. You're League. talking about through the EPL on the EPL website. No, this was MLS. It was the American Soccer Show's uh, fantasy it, league. They did one on ESPN. ESPN. If you didn't, if you didn't update it after the first third, you lost all your players. No. Yeah, I didn't lose anything. They wiped, it, they wiped your whole slate clean, and you had zero points. So you must have done really well the first third, and then. Uh, not looked at it again. Maybe. I don't know. Well, let, well let's find out. Maybe, maybe we'll set up an ESPN League as a backup. Yeah. You know, there's always, there's, there's always room for more fantasy. That's the way I look at it. That's almost what this show's about. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that's it. Let's go ahead and uh, I'll run down the plugs very quick. Hank, my apologies. I need to update this graphic with you on there, Chris. You can follow me at Twitter underscore dumb. You can follow Sarah at Hullbird if she's not uh, under arrest. Before coming back from the UK. Follow Mark at SC underscore Beaner Lights. You can follow Hank at Hisco5. That's H-I-S-C-O in the number five. You can follow you can follow uh, Chris at Chris J. Ballard. Follow the show at Top of the Table TV. You can find replays, video replays of all this and our lightning rounds on our website at topofthetable.tv. 
Gentlemen, I think that's it. Yeah. This, I appreciate so it's good. I appreciate your time again as every week. I want to say thank you to the good people at Geek Week and Jeff Katz. Our Jeff Katz. Love you, Jeff. For uh, letting us come on here and do it. The people at Justin TV. Uh, thank you. We don't really do it, by the way. We just, you know, talk about doing it. And uh, thank you to Dean and Liger. Right. Tyler. And uh, I'm ignoring you guys, Nick, in the chat room and those of us joining on the joining us on the uh, on the podcast. We will see you next week. MLS first kick. Lots of soccer this Woo! week. Can't wait, baby. We'll see you Can't again wait. next week. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. Awesome. Bye. Cheers.